0: Could someone please call Respiratory? Welcome to the Hey, Could Someone Please Call Respiratory podcast with your hosts, Eric Carter and Denise Van
1: Ball. I want to welcome everybody back to another episode of the Hey, Can Somebody Please Call Respiratory podcast. And you may notice that on today's episode, things look a little bit different because there's a new person here and I would like to introduce Daryl Manning. Did I say that correctly? Mm-hmm. Nailed it, fantastic. Um, Daryl Manning.
2: That's part of the whole thing. Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> she uh, is going to talk with us today about her role at her company and even more importantly, about her uh, her expertise with the NIOV, the Non-Invasive Open Ventilation Device that um, that many nursing facilities are using, many nursing facilities are not using, um, and how much it's helping patients. So welcome to the podcast, Daryl.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) Good, good. And of course, Denise is here as as always. Did you? um... (laughs) Lucky you guys. Yep, so uh, do you have any things unrelated to the podcast that are uh, probably involved in your personal life that you like to overshare again
0: i want to overshare today yeah do you want to talk about earlier in the week or not?
1: no not no not too soon too soon okay well then no we argued just a couple days ago we had a disagreement so a disagreement. so daryl we are happy <laughs> to involve you in that awkwardness and so you're welcome and i just um, want to know what's me. That? i won i always win Oh yeah, so
0: she does. I'm still, here ain't,
1: huh?
0: I'm still here, ain't I? I'm still here, ain't
1: I? And she always has the enormous coffee. There's one time she was drinking out of an empty cup, which is a weird thing.
0: Oh, but it's a she, prop. So can I have a prop? Felt, Every uh, movie has a prop. Every movie
1: has a prop. A little jump.
2: I had my water bottle and now I'm... Hey,
1: you need a prop. Yes, indeed. So... I'll just
2: hold a pen randomly.
1: That's, you know, I think that's a great idea. I think everybody's doing a good job. I think typically I do the best on the podcast. Daryl, you'll understand that shortly. And so uh without any further whatever they say, let's have Daryl share with us. Daryl, how have you found yourself in the respiratory world? What brings you to this point in your life? And was it your dream to be in this industry. Go ahead.
2: I am definitely living the dream. That a
1: girl. Um, All
2: right. The dream. Maybe not mine, but the okay. dream. <laughs>
0: somebody's dream. Definitely Somebody. somebody's dream. Fantastic. Uh, I,
2: come, I come from a background in chemistry. So I'm not wow. a respiratory therapist, but I do have a very strong scientific background. Um, I actually worked with GlaxoSmithKline for about 10 years as an organic chemist. Oh, wow. Uh, I got into respiratory uh, through sales. So I worked also with GlaxoSmithKline as a pharmaceutical sales rep. I worked with their inhaled uh, respiratory line um, and then decided I wanna do something a little bit more meaningful with my life besides just pushing drugs. Cause you know, you can only sell drugs for so long, it gets dangerous. Yeah. I mean, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the best thing ever. Cause I used to tell my kids I made drugs and then I sold drugs. Right. So.
1: Wow. You really it captured the market.
2: Me. She sells drugs. That's what I do.
1: That um, is great. But I- <laughs>
2: Um, so I got into the DME world about two years ago with community surgical. So I am part of their sales force and we do everything from oxygen, CPAPs, BiPAPs, but all from a home care perspective. So when a patient either leaves the hospital or the doctor's office and they need to breathe better in some way, we provide the equipment to help out with that. Okay. I got Um, you. I'm sorry. That's
1: how I got here. Gotcha. Um, Short for. Yeah. So, like, on your day to day job is, well, I should say the only caveat is the small virus that now we find ourselves in. I mean, just a s- tiny issue. Um,
2: it's so, literally a tiny issue.
1: <laughs> so, how how, what do you find? How have you had to change? in your day-to-day activities to uh, deal with this virus situation? What was it before and what is it now in terms of your day-to-day?
2: So before virus, that should be a slogan, right? BV, BV and AV. Yeah. Uh, Before virus, I spent most of my days in doctor's offices, nursing homes and hospitals, um, trying to figure out ways to help their patients go home safely with whatever equipment they needed. Um, Community Surgical is known as a ventilation company. We do a lot of work with uh, trilogies, Astral's, and The Life 2000. Um, AV, I spend most of my days harassing people through email and phone calls and virtual meetings. Um, Still doing the same thing, trying to get patients home safely. Um, Just now, instead of actually seeing the patients and seeing the nursing homes in the hospitals, I'm doing it all from home.
1: Gotcha. Um, and so, obviously, we're, um, you know, we're a respiratory company, and our main customers are nursing homes and hospice patients. Um, and so, thinking about the nursing home patient, like, who is Who is, or maybe I'll let, why don't you, if you would introduce kind of the NIOB and and sort of who it's, who it's designed for in terms of the nursing home world and the, you know, the, the, all the details wrapped around that.
2: So when it comes to nursing homes, my main focus, oh, excuse me, now I need that bottle of water, is, (laughs) is really the focus is mainly COPD patients that are suffering from chronic respiratory failure. Um, a lot of times these patients have an exacerbation, it puts them in the hospital and then they need some transition period from the hospital to home in order to get themselves back into, um, like home condition, um, uh, being in the hospital, can be very taxing on a patient. The longer they're there, the more they decondition. And so they need to go somewhere where they can, uh, regain, you know, muscle strength, uh, work on their breathing skills. Cause Apparently breathing isn't just something that comes naturally to everyone. Um, (laughs) Where the NIOV comes in for those patients. Um, So what is the NIOV in the nursing home is the Life 2000 for home care. Um, But what it basically does is it provides augmented ventilation, which is a really big word for it just helps a patient to breathe better. Um, The way it works is it utilizes the room air, plus oxygen from an oxygen source, either a wall or a tank, to deliver a tidal volume um, to the patient so they can breathe better. Um, The way it works, um, here, I'll actually show it to you. So what it is, is it's a one pound wearable ventilator. So where the Trilogy and the Astral are more bedside, 10 to, I think seven to 10 pounds is the range aren't really something that you can carry with you uh, when you go to the grocery store or the post office. Uh, This device here provides the same kind of ventilation that those machines provide but it's something the patient can take with them. So when they are at a senior center or a nursing home they can do their rehab with this device um, and then they can take it home with them so that when they're at the grocery store or going to the post office or even just trying to go up the stairs in their home they have something that is going to help them actually breathe better. Um, that's going to be more than just a nasal cannula blowing oxygen in their face. Gotcha.
0: But the interface is similar to a nasal cannula, correct? They're not going to be wearing a big... Hey. <laughs> I'm
2: scared. Um, so this is the... They're called nasal pillows. And this is what works with the NIOV. Um, It is a little bit larger in the front than your typical nasal cannula because that's how it brings in the room air along with the oxygen from your oxygen supply. So the nasal pillows just go up into your nose and then it will deliver a breath when you breathe in. So it's triggered by the patient inhalation through their nose. That's what triggers the breath when it's in a stops when they stop breathing in.
0: And so from what I understand, Say a patient is on eight liters continuous through their concentrator or tank. With that hooked up to a tank, that reduces the amount of oxygen that they need?
2: It can okay. um, because it's utilizing room air along with the oxygen in the tank. Um, okay. The caveat there is the amount of exertion the patient is experiencing. So if they're walking it, right. on a treadmill, yeah, so if they're walking on a treadmill, they're breathing faster, or they're breathing heavier, that number is going to differ versus if they are sitting on the couch watching TV. Um, so we do find that for patients that do use the device, they can see their oxygen usage sometimes cut in half. Um, it like really just depends on how active they are and how they're using it.
0: Um, and for to, the, oh, sorry, I No,
2: Oh, no, no, you're fine. I was just going to say, when typically like when a patient takes it to like their pulmonary rehab, they'll plug into the rehab's power source or oxygen source. Um, same thing with a nursing facility, it will be plugged into that oxygen source. So um, like tanks and stuff don't really, aren't really an issue at that point.
0: Right. So, and- in your experience, have you found that those COPD patients, you know, chronic respiratory failure, that it were so very deconditioned, are they able to exercise a lot more with that machine in rehab and get stronger and faster and out of there quicker? Absolutely. Yes.
2: Well, it helps yeah. to be when you can breathe, you can do a lot more than...
0: <laughs> you don't say. <laughs>
1: Makes sense.
2: Um, But with an oxygen, I mean, when you're delivering oxygen to a patient through nasal cannula, they're still doing the work, their lungs, their, everything is happening on their, their energy, their expense, they have to do it. With the NIOV, it does the work for them. So it's a lot easier, they can use that energy that they would be putting into breathing, to ambulating, to going up and down stairs, to whatever it is that, you know, rehab requires.
0: And then the transition from using it in a nursing home and then taking it home isn't difficult, right? So if we were to call someone in your position up.
2: Yeah, I would think that it's actually a lot easier for a patient to transition through, say a nursing home and a rehab program that utilizes the NIOV than going directly from the hospital to home because they have that opportunity within the facility to have somebody that's helping them learn how to fit this device into their lifestyle. Um, It's something that always takes an adjustment. It always takes a little bit of time. Whenever you introduce a device to a patient, whether it's a CPAP or a BiPAP or a NIOV, it takes some adjustment. It takes a lot of encouragement. Um, It's different. It's not something that patients are um, necessarily going to appreciate right away. Um, It does make them feel better. Um, I have so many patients that have benefited from using the device, but there's a learning curve to it. And having a, you know, being in a facility where somebody can help titrate the settings, adjust how it works for the patient, makes that transition very smooth.
0: And what about the patients that require um, BIPAP or Trilogy at nighttime?
2: So... Because of Medicare guidelines, the Life 2000 or the NIOV falls into the same same category as those devices. So they can only have one or the other. Um, The caveat being that if they have say a BiPAP or a CPAP that they use at night that is already paid for, they can continue using that device at night. The nice thing about the NIOV is that it can be used 24 hours a day. So for patients that do require ventilation morning, noon, and night, they can use the NIOV at night, um, just so long as they stay with under a peep of 10.
1: Okay. Mm. Yeah. So Daryl, and even Denise, like why it's, I guess this is one of the reasons that we do this is because um, even like NIOV, it's been available for quite some time. Right. I mean, I know there was a compressor issue and back and forth and that type of thing, Um, but it has been available for some time. And then it's similar, even though it's a totally different device. I'm just thinking of higher tech devices for nursing homes and hospice um, like high flow. Like there's so many nursing homes out there that don't know about high flow, you know, like we use most times the Airvo which you can get up to 60 liters of flow in the nursing home for those air hungry patients, which is, this is amazing, especially somebody that is not using BiPAP or CPAP. They'll just refuse it because of the mass. You can put the high flow and you'll get some sort of CPAP effect from that. So it makes all the sense in the world really. So part of what we're trying to do here is educate nursing homes and hospice that stuff that you can, there are devices out there that you can use that are helpful And so in that same sort of thinking, like, why are not, why are, why is there such a barrier to usage in the nursing homes from your perspective? From our view, every nursing home should have one of these on hand to be able to use. Now, again, it's not for every patient, but why, why is it such a a chore in some regard to get the nursing homes equipped with this?
2: I'm not really sure from NIA, well, from a high flow standpoint, I think a lot of the um, issues there fall within Medicare coverage. Um, That device, even for home care use, um, is extremely limited by what insurance will cover. Um, At this stage of the game, Medicare does not cover high flow for home use, Um, just you know how. Um, the device hasn't been around long enough and it doesn't have the right, it doesn't, I don't, as far as I know, it doesn't have an, uh, a Hicks code for billing. From the NIOV perspective, so NIOV has been around for a really long time. Um, for home use, the company that makes it had to make a few adjustments does have the, the compressor that goes with it for in the home. Um, and it had, had to get the PEEP added into it because I don't know if it originally had PEEP as part of the, the design, um, but I think one of the biggest drawbacks that I see and one of the, the real hesitations is anytime I've ever gone into anywhere, even when it comes to something like a trilogy or an astral that even have a longer lifespan is mm. ventilation. As soon as you say ventilation, everybody mm. panics right. because they look at CPAP and BiPAP in the same like those are just, oh, CPAP, it's a BiPAP. We've got plenty of those. We do it all the time. But as soon as you say you're going to ventilate a patient, everybody panics. It's like, right, set the place on fire and nobody knows what to do. Yeah.
0: We've um, hit that roadblock a few times as well.
2: So I find that the best way to really overcome that um, is education. Mm, and. Yep depending on the facility staffing. Um, There are not a lot of senior facilities or nursing homes that I know of that keep respiratory therapists on staff. And I don't necessarily think that uh, nurses are comfortable with the idea of being responsible for a patient that requires ventilation. So having a respiratory therapist on staff in some capacity, I think opens up that opportunity um, you and I, or you, all, all of you and I all know that, you know, ventilation is not a scary thing. Um, it's easily managed. We have hundreds of thousands of patients that are currently at home using non-invasive ventilation with no, I mean, with very minimal observation. They don't have a respiratory therapist coming in every day to check how they're doing. Um, so it's, it's not so much that the actual act of ventilating is scary. Um, but I think the word is scary and that's, it's really just making sure we're educating people and getting the right people in place that know how to manage the devices that are there.
1: It's interesting. Like, um, you know, if you're a, a nursing home operator or business person or administrator, um, like let's take COPD. You said that's, you know, the perfect patient for this device. Um, those patients are given pretty much 14 days to rehab in the nursing home. And from a financial standpoint, once the 14th day has come and gone, and let's say that the patient three times said, I'm huffing and puffing today and I can't do PT. This is the perfect device to put on them to overcome that. And then that allows them, right, to do their... ADLs and rehab and get stronger and and that type of thing and so educating the nursing home operators business people and so on just from a nuts and bolts and you know dollars and cents standpoint when they after the 14th day they be you know the the
2: money. (laughs) yeah
1: they're losing money on it and so you know getting uh, a company that can that can provide this device, educate them, uh, service their patient. Makes all the sense in the world, not only from a patient standpoint. I mean, obviously, the patients love it because they can breathe. And obviously, breathing's up there. You know, it's, it's on the it's up top, top five. Seat. Top five <laughs> things to do. You know, showers. Uh, that's not up there. That's
2: true. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: um, anyways, it just makes all the sense in the world, and so getting more and more. How's the coffee? There's none left, I can tell because it's so light you put it right to I your ain't mouth.
0: gargling it because I don't want no smoke from no comment making fools,
1: but yeah, I just <laughs> we've had some negative uh feedback on the podcast from some people uh that were commenting on her gargling her coffee
0: You said I didn't have non tops, just demonstrating that I actually had some none of their business
1: anyway. Yeah. Yeah. On a previous episode, we read all of the negative comments and that was a good time because Denise thought they were all positive comments until I told her what the comments were. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> uh, point is just educating nursing homes. How many thousands of nursing homes are out there? Literally COPD is, is a very, very common. There's, you know, what is it? 25 plus million COPDers out there or something every nursing home should have one of these devices or at least access to the device. Um, and the cost is far offset by those patients being in and out in 14 days. So, you know, what's the cost of them staying there for another five days uh, trying to, to overcome what they could have rehabbed in that, in that time frame? so. And then um, even so, um, rehabbing
0: with the an NIOP and getting a lot stronger than you would without it Allows you to also stay home. Right. Instead of going back to the hospital in a few days because you went home and laid on the couch.
1: Yeah.
2: So Ultimately, I, for- <laughs>
1: hmm? I think
2: that's the key is the the staying home part. Um, you know, everybody knows who their frequent flyers are. And yep. if you continue to keep doing the same steps over and over and over again, you're not gonna get any different results. They're just the gonna definition
1: continue. of crazy. Way to go, Denise. Nailed, Nailed it on it. that one. So I think it is really important to, to, um, to let people know that they can do this. Now, do you guys dabble with any hospice patients on this device that you're aware of?
2: Uh, So when it comes to hospice, we have to be in, uh, in a contract with that hospice agency um, in order to provide the device. So we do have, some hospice agencies that we work with where we do provide the device for hospice patients. Um, and the other key for that is typically those patients have to be on it before going on to hospice to make it a required part of their therapy or their treatment.
1: That's, yeah, we've it's had. On, oh, God, sorry. No, go, no, ladies first. Go ahead. Oh. No. I'm the go. host anyway. So, <laughs> so,
0: well, today I'm the host. Remember that.
1: Okay. Great. Okay.
0: So, <laughs> We actually had it was a really sweet story. Um husband and wife married forever. You know, they used to go out every Thursday night for dinner and he was declining and he needed tank after tank after tank just to get to the doctor's office. So um we went in, did an evaluation, suggested the naiv, and they were able to go for their last night out to dinner you know, together before he finally passed away, but it was just, it was like a beautiful story, you know, and, and allowed them to do that one thing that they always did. And everybody was real happy about it. And it just was, it was real nice. It was real nice. So I think it's great for those situations for hospice. And, um, especially now all these people going on hospice so they they can go home and see their loved ones instead of being stuck in the hospital. um, and then having the ability to maybe put around for a little longer instead of being bed bound.
2: I have a patient right now who's in palliative care, Um, I guess that's the step before hospice and recently transitioned from um, an astral to the life 2000 just because she requires that 24 hour support so her family's not quite ready to make that hospice call yet. Um, we will be providing the Life 2000 when she does transition to hospice because it's already through us and we have the, the steps in place. Um, but it's, I mean, it makes a difference when, when you can't breathe on your own. It does take away that work of breathing. It, it really, it can help out. Hmm. Um, I like to think of it typically more for maybe late to mid-stage COPD patients where they still have the opportunity to utilize the device in a rehab setting of some sort to help keep themselves conditioned to kind of prolong what time they have left and make it as best as possible. Mm. Um, I know some COPD patients, it's it's all an individual disease. Some decline quickly, some can have it for 40 years and they're like, oh yeah, just, you know, this is me. But I do find that patients that use it, um, with the mindset that they're going to really use the device to make themselves feel better and to do more, do a lot better with it.
0: Better quality of life.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, The other real important thing with the device, and this is something that would probably come up more in that nursing home rehab setting, is working with the patient to figure out how to use the device in their life outside of that institutional setting. Um, Are they only going to use it for a couple of hours while they watch TV? Are they going to, you know, use it whenever they're moving around the house or trying to clean? Um, I had one woman who started with it just because she would take it to pulmonary rehab. That was, you know, that's all she used it for. But as her condition, condition continued to deteriorate, she found that she would then, she would use it in the morning when she woke up. To kind of make herself feel better and then she would use it in the afternoon while she was watching her soaps and now she's using it 24 hours a day it's something that as she progressed she found ways to make it fit into her life but it was that transition it wasn't just a you know zero to you know nothing to all where she had to go from using it never to 24 7.
1: Right. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I really think it's a great device and I just think that you know, more people should know about it and more nursing homes should not be uh, confused. This is not invasive ventilation. We're not traking anybody and putting them on a vent. Um, so it's not something that would, you know, you would say you would need a vent facility for. It's really a in many regards, certainly in the nursing home, it's a rehabilitative physical therapy tool, just like anything else. So, um, It's just a, it's a great device and more and more people should know about it. And that's part of what we're trying to do is get more information about that. And in fact, when our respiratory therapists, when they're out evaluating these patients, um, they'll put on all their evaluations, is the patient a candidate for NIOV or not? So, you know, we do the, uh, we do bedside spirometry on patients and we, you know, fully evaluate them from a respiratory standpoint. And we're looking because our goal is to, is to all but eliminate patients going back to the hospital unnecessarily. So this is one of the tools that they use to make sure that they're not having to go out. So just like, you know, making sure settings are correct, making sure that they have the right meds, making sure that they have uh, the correct uh, respiratory DME, uh, making sure that we're treating them effectively. So um, yeah, I mean, just really important to underscore the fact that that nursing homes can get these devices, and um, so you know, I think it's uh, it's. A well, great and I think it's
2: also important to make sure they have the right kind of staff available as well. So I know you guys um, can provide those services. If you go in, you bring the device, you put the patient on it, and then kind of takes all the work off of their plate anyway. So sure.
1: And then even in the past, we have. Uh, you know, worked with you guys in terms of like, if the patient, w- w- it will qualify is kind of working with with your group to, to get them qualified so that they can use it at home if they are a candidate for that. So that's been a, a pretty good program, so to speak. Wouldn't you say, Denise? Yes. Nailed it. So <laughs> Daryl, if, if people wanted to learn more about your company, more about you, how would they go about contacting you?
0: number <laughs> Sorry. Not
1: today I have a
2: work cell phone there
0: you go Ooh, that's way nicer than my work cell phone
1: well okay let's
2: take it easy don't get too excited yeah um, but the the two ways that are easiest to get in touch with me are either a phone call two six seven five, six, five, zero, six, one, eight. Uh, or my email, which is dmanning at community surgical.com.
1: Okay. Very good. And then are you on you're, you're on LinkedIn as well. So people can I check am. you out on, on LinkedIn.
2: Yeah. Daryl Manning.
1: Okay. All right. Denise, do you have anything to sh- uh, share any words of wisdom, any, um, comments on, uh, you know, your condition or
0: What's
1: my condition, uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, you got the hair, you're looking fantastic today. You oh, did the that's hair.
0: Very nice. Look I'm yeah. trying to be nice to make because
1: real mean to me earlier this week. Yeah, well. Um, sure I was.
0: <laughs> um no, I thought it was great. I like having a guest. Yeah, I
2: thought nice. that, that was, was fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was a lot.
2: Thought it was gonna be. I was a little
0: nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our four <laughs> listeners are gonna love you. Don't worry about well,
1: it. Well, it's five now because maybe Daryl's family. Oh, that
2: was five.
0: Oh
1: no, movies. my cousin Kate started watching. She. Oh. she yep Yep. She likes it.
2: Why well, don't I'm like gonna put it. this on Facebook? Are you kidding? Everybody's yeah. gonna know.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we will. It's a proper time. Well, we gotta time become has. friends
0: on there. and I'm not your friend on there.
1: We'll be friends. Well, that's. <laughs> I mean, this is. Maybe she. <laughs> or maybe care. I'll get a LinkedIn. I don't know. Well, maybe someday. I don't know. We've we've talked about it only multiple about, times. I need a headshot. 4,000 times. I mean, yep. get me a headshot. Right, well,
2: I will. Mine is just a weird selfie that I took at some point in time. Cause yes. Daryl, people are like looking for guys when you meet them like, for the first time. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, Got it.
2: I'm the girl. that you're Got
1: you Gotcha. Well. Thank you so much for being on the Hey, Can Someone Please Call Respiratory podcast. Uh, and uh, it was great having you. And we look forward to working with you in the future. And I want to say, I think out of everybody on the podcast today, Daryl did the, the
0: host, best. which was me today. Did, remember I think that Daryl
1: did the best. She talked about the device. She, uh, she even though she didn't have a water, she did fine and
2: powered
1: um, through i thought it was fantastic was- so
2: um,
1: they, wonderful so great job and everybody. I
2: was oh I yeah canvas and devices oh yeah you had it i yeah. nailed it absolutely
1: nailed absolutely it. absolutely out of the park well great job everybody thanks again for being on the podcast and we'll see you on the next time podcast and everybody did a great job oh denise you have to now cue the thing joel swipe up
0: hey. Hey! My over the